SA Worship Conference 2023. Session one. Thank you, Nick. Greetings, everybody, in the matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> I can hardly hear you. Let's try that one more time. <laughs> okay, don't leave me hanging here, okay? It's hard enough to be I. <laughs> Okay, greetings in the matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That is so much better. I am truly happy to be here. This light is literally in my face. And uh, could you, my glasses are in. I'm sorry. So, yeah. I am truly happy to be with you all today. So if there's a place you're going to find me, it's a worship conference, okay? Because I like to hang out in these sorts of places. And um, yeah, just to introduce myself, uh, a few of you know me, but I am, my name is Nar. I am a native of Zambia. Know where Zambia is, okay? South Central Africa, okay? I was born and raised in Zambia. I speak six languages. You're not impressed. <laughs> you, yeah, you should be impressed by that, okay? English is my third language, so <clears throat> I'm a wife and um, a mother of two. You will see Samuel, he's 17 months. Let's just pray he stays asleep until I finish this because this boy will just ruin everything. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit will arrest him right now. So, you know, he stays where he's at. <clears throat> I'm a third generation salvationist and I have lived on three continents. Okay, this is my third. And I work for the research and development unit at THQ. And I love the Lord, okay? So that's, yeah, thank you. Thanks for that shout. So when my brother Nick here hit me up and said, oh, would you consider speaking at this event? I'm like, okay, I thought I was just gonna help out with the singing, but okay, he's gonna put me at some obscure time somewhere where you know, people have to sign up to come and nobody will show up. And it's all good. Now the joke is on me because I'm like the first person up here today and I was just like, okay, Nick, how could you do me like this? But this brother right here has come through for me so many times. You know, have you heard him play keys? He has these expensive chords that he, you know, and he makes you sound so good. Like even if your voice is so bad, you could trust on Nick to make you sound good. So anyway, that being said, thank you, Nick. You know, I love you. My assignment this afternoon is speak, it's to speak on the subject, I am coming back. Okay, so this title stems from the song that we all know, uh, Heart of Worship. And so for the next 20 minutes or so, I'm going to attempt to unpack this topic by the grace of God. Amen. So when we say the phrase, I am coming back, you know, we immediately assume we've gone somewhere. And if we have gone somewhere, where have we gone? These lights are hot, okay? I'm going to be melting soon. So um, now immediately some of us might be thinking, hmm, I have not gone anywhere, okay? I know what this girl is talking about. And, um, and then others like me are like, Lord, my heart is open to hear. If I've gone somewhere, bring me back, 
okay? And I pray that our hearts will be open today to receive what the Lord has to say to us um, concerning coming back. And so when I was in college um, many years ago, I went to a college called William and Catherine Booth College in Canada. And it's called Booth College, Booth University College now. So I was taking a course called, uh, it was Contemporary Christian Music. And we were looking at uh, Darling Czech. Listen, you guys are young. I don't think you remember <laughs> Darling Czech, okay? Am I, the, am I the only one that remembers Darling Czech? Okay, it was that era, okay? You know, that, yeah. Darling Czech era. And uh, our, my professor at that time said, um, can you tell us the difference between praise and worship? And the zealous me, my hand was up in the air. And I'm like, yes, yes, Nar. Uh, praise are songs that you sing quickly and worship are songs that you sing quietly. <laughs> Whew, the embarrassment, okay? Bless this professor. She was so kind and gracious and corrected me. My friends just used that as a joke for me. Like, literally, I, I, I got it. So my understanding of what worship is has come a long way, and that's not what worship is. Um, worship is not just a song. It's our lifestyle. Amen. As we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord. Um, yeah, where we're not conforming to the pattern of the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Because it is only then that we are able to test and approve what God will is. That is worship. So going back to the subject of I am coming back. I'm going to use the story of Peter, and we, we know this guy, Peter, in the Bible, and I will ask us to turn to, the, uh, to Matthew 4, 18 to 20, where Jesus calls his first disciples, and it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Now Peter, when Jesus said, follow me, I'm going to focus on Peter, okay? There was Andrew there, but we're, Peter is the guy we're focusing on right now. He obeyed immediately, dropped his nets, and followed Jesus. Now, following Jesus meant that he um, followed Jesus' agenda, whatever it was. Following Jesus meant accepting whatever it is that he was uh, going to be doing. This means that Peter was present when Jesus was speaking to people, when Jesus was performing miracles, when Jesus was praying. This brother was there with Jesus all the time. He, we are told that he was a zealous follower of Jesus. He would have been like me, the first person to raise his hand if Jesus asked the question. But then we also know that Peter denied Jesus three times. So we all know the story of the Last Supper. And during this time, Jesus predicted a couple things. The first being that Judas would betray him. And the second one being Peter would deny him. 
And so if we go to Matthew 26, 31 to 35, okay, where Jesus predicts Peter's denial, says 31, then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Peter, Peter, Peter was quick to speak out, even, you know, and um, to say, well, if anybody, if these guys, you see these guys, they're wishy-washy. If they fall away, I will not, you know, I will never disown you. So my question is, why did Peter feel so special that he wouldn't? That could he be that he was so proud? Probably he thought that if he said he was committed to Jesus with his lips, then his heart was doing the same. Now, I don't know if um, any of us have found ourselves in a situation where we're happy to confess our commitment to Jesus, but fall short in practice. Maybe our hearts are far from him. We are all like Peter when we think that we are better and stronger than other people. And if you see people falling from grace, you know, and think it might not happen to us, then we could be mistaken. Because we know the flesh can get the best of us. Amen. You know, but then Jesus knew Peter's heart. He could have put, Peter could have easily put up a show in front of his mates, but Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do. And in verse 34, Jesus tells Peter, truly I tell you, Jesus answers, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Well, Peter said it. I'm going to say it too. So a number of events happen afterwards. You know, Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane and to pray. And Peter is with him. And uh, Jesus gets arrested and is taken, you know, in front of Cephas, the high priest. And a whole bunch of things happen. And Peter was sitting, you know, when he was in, uh, Peter was in the courtyard um, just probably minding his own business or waiting. He, he wanted to see what was going to happen. And then the first time he was questioned about his allegiance to Jesus, Peter said, I don't know that guy. He didn't even flinch. And it was only when he denied the Lord three times that he came to his senses and thought, what have I done? And this is what sometimes sin does to us. You know, you may think it's nothing and you'll get over it, but then it comes back and you're desensitized to it. And you might not even feel guilty about it anymore. And when other believers attempt to chastise you with the word and in love and in grace, uh, we are so, we can be, we can deny that and reject that. And before you know it, you're not living a life that the Lord has called you to live. We're no longer offering our bodies as living sacrifices to the Lord. And now I know all of you guys, I'm looking at everybody, and you all seem so holy, and these things would never happen to you guys, okay? I, I'm speaking for myself here, okay? And sometimes we could be living in rebellion, but convince ourselves that we, we aren't, Okay. And so Peter had time to think after, after the first denial. You would have thought Peter 
could have sat down and thought, oops, that was the first one. But no, this guy did not even think about it, you know, until the third time. And it's amazing that when the heart is hardened, it sometimes fails to respond to the truth. And even when we go to church and be around Christian environments like this one, our hearts can be far from a life of true surrender to our Lord. Do you know that we could even be in this conference right now and not want Jesus? It's weird, isn't it? But it actually can happen. We could be pursuing our gifts and not pursuing the one who gave us those gifts, okay? Um, we could be here so sure of our gifts and talents and not direct our worship to the Lord who deserves our praise and honor because he's the one that gave us those gifts. So I hope we're thinking of coming back. So Peter comes to his senses and um, we're told that he left and wept bitterly, you know, and I'm reminded of a scripture that says godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation and I wonder how Peter felt when he walked away you know he could have felt like a donut like he could have you know like wh who does that like who d denies Jesus after being told that they're gonna do so did he feel worthless um did he feel disappointed I would be so embarrassed to face Jesus like it'd be like so embarrassing and remember Peter was you know, was the one in front of his peers saying, no, I would never desire you, Lord, you know, but then he did it. I wonder how he felt afterwards, but we know that Jesus ends up going to that cross and dying for Peter, despite denying him. Now, we may not have gone to the extent of denying Jesus like Peter did, but maybe you could be thinking of things that or uh, we have done in ways which may have made us to fall away from a heart of worship. I don't know how, in what ways, the Spirit of the Lord might be speaking to you right now on the condition of our hearts and minds. I don't know what we are entertaining that could be leading us away from a true heart of worship and a posture that's towards a life of obedience to God. Maybe those things um, might even make us feel like quitting this Christ walk. Maybe, but the Lord wants us to come back. Fast forward to post-resurrection, Peter and other disciples go back fishing and we are told that they were up all night and they caught nothing. And then, um, yeah, Jesus appears to them and he's at the shore and he calls out to them and he asks them if they caught any fish and they're like, no, we caught nothing. And he asks them to cast their net to the other side and they were told that they catch so much fish they don't know what to do uh, with, with it. One of the disciples recognizes him and says, that's Jesus, you guys. <laughs> Peter, upon hearing that, jumps right out of the boat okay, and start swimming towards Jesus. Bless him. You know, I was really touched by, P I never saw this bit in the past, but I was like, wow, this guy, his heart, he denied Jesus, but yet when he heard Jesus, that's Jesus, he still ran toward him, didn't even wait for people to paddle that boat or whatever, I don't know if they used it, an engine or anything, but he didn't, he didn't, he, he didn't. This guy decides to jump out of the boat running towards Jesus. 
I, uh, that, that was touching. And Jesus says to them, you know, come and have breakfast with me. None of the disciples dared to ask who he was because they kind of knew he, who he was. And Jesus took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with fish. While they were eating fish on the shore, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me more than this? Now, if you remember very well, a similar conversation happened during the, the Last Supper, you know, where Peter was so arrogant and he said, listen, I would die for you. I, I'm your ride or die. I am this, that, and the other. But then here it happens again. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me more than these? If we go to John 21, 15 to 16, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs, 16. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. That is so interesting. I found that so interesting because prior to this, Peter was like, Jesus, you know nothing. You're saying I will deny you and I will not. You know, it was almost like Jesus didn't know what he was doing. But now Peter has come to the realization and says, Lord, you know all things. Peter's denial of knowing Jesus humbles him. He knows because he knows where that arrogance to got him. Despite denying Jesus, Jesus still invited Peter and reinstated him back and gave him the task of taking care of his lambs and sheep. In a wonderful moment of restoration, Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? The disciple who once vowed, I do not know the man, now says to Jesus, yes, Lord, you know that I love you three times. In reversing his three denials, those affirmations became a reaffirmation of Peter's calling to be a shepherd to the flock of the Lord. Jesus sealed Peter's affirmations with, feed my sheep. By taking Peter back to the beginning, to the moment of his calling, Jesus gave Peter a new start and a new challenge. And Peter would indeed be fishing again for people. Jesus knows, you know, now, you know, Jesus knows that Peter um, loves him now. And because of that, he would love his lambs too. Peter was loved by Jesus already because he died for him on the cross. Now this time round, Jesus knew Peter's love for him was genuine to a point where Peter, I don't know if you know the story of how Peter died, but this guy died for the Lord and they were gonna crucify him. But Peter said, I'm not even worthy to die the way my Lord dies. Please hang me upside down. And that's how Peter died. His death brought the Lord glory. 
and the pride which he initially had caused him to stumble did not determine how he was going to live the rest of his life. How far he may have stumbled or, um, sorry, how far we may have stumbled or are struggling with our faith does not have to determine how we spend the rest of our lives. So the Bible says, you guys, I am confident in this, that the one who began a good work in you will bring it to a completion by the day of Jesus Christ, because he is able to keep us from falling. Amen? So, now, <clears throat> if I take you back to the Last uh, Supper, just before Peter was told that he would deny Jesus, there was something important that um, Jesus said to Peter. He said, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. This sifting as wheat means that he, Satan had wished to shake Peter's faith so forcefully that he would fall. Now we see that from this story, how Peter was tempted and tested. But, I, but Jesus said, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned, turned back, strengthen your brothers. From what we have read, Peter's faith was tested and failed momentarily. But Jesus, knowing what was coming ahead of Peter, he prayed for him that he would stay strong. We have the Son of God, friends, and the Spirit interceding for us with groans that words cannot express. And no matter how far our hearts are, might be right now or today from the heart of worship, the Lord is able to bring it back. So we know that Peter's, uh, the Jesus' prayer for Peter was answered. And I would like to encourage you all that even now, you and me can be upheld by Jesus's intercession for us. And no matter where we are in our walk with the Lord today, could be we're barely making it, we're just hanging on, Jesus still says, follow me. You know, and I know life happens and sometimes we sacrifice our intimacy with the Lord, with our busy schedules so much. I have so much going on sometimes. I'm just like, Lord, help me. You know, with two little ones running around, driving me crazy, trashing everything. I've got a husband. Not that he's a problem, but... <laughs> I work full time. You know, that's just... I gotta cook. You gotta do all these things. And um, sometimes it's easy to replace the Lord with our busy schedules. And we start to place low value on our personal relationship with Christ. But as we start this conference, I want us to um, ask the Lord to bring us back to a heart of worship. You know, we don't want to be um, constantly leave his presence unchanged and because otherwise we just end up being slaves to Christian entertainment, okay? And, and then you get stuck in the cycle of event after event after event. And we don't want to have temporary trips into the presence of the Lord, okay? But we want to be hungry for his glory. 
And this life of worship should not be like a hobby that we can pick up and drop, pick and drop. We want relationship with the Lord. Now, I don't know what has caught your attention lately. You know, and um, it could be some of us walking in disobedience. I, I don't know what's going on. And um, some of us are stuck, you know, in knowing about the Lord, but not actually knowing him fully enough, not surrendering completely. We read about him, but we're afraid to experience him. But let us be encouraged by Peter that despite denying the Lord and falling away, you and I could still come back to the Lord to have an encounter with him. And sometimes our hearts can be hardened, but my prayer for us is that the Lord would turn our hearts of stone to hearts of flesh that respond to the word of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want more of God today. When I was, you know, chatting to, uh, you know, when we got into groups and we had to talk about what we needed to get out of this conference, I want more of the Lord. You know, I want the Holy Spirit to help me to get back to godly, you know, godly disciplines of prayer and reading the word, fasting, investing time in the Lord. And I hope that is your prayer today. And... I know the Lord is speaking to us right now because his presence is here with us. You know, the word of the Lord says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst, and he is here with us. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is here with us. Trust me, he is here with us. You know, we're not waiting for him to, he is here with us. And he is here to change our hearts, to meet us where we, you know, at our point of need. So I don't know where we're at today, guys, but in an act of surrender, I will ask us all to stand, to stand and just seek the Lord while he may be found. I don't know where you want the Lord to bring you back, you know, the, the, the subject for this sermon was I'm coming back. Is that your prayer this afternoon? Just tell the Lord today, Lord, I want to come back to that place. I don't want to be, I'm at a worship conference. Um, I want to meet with you first. Because he's the, he's the giver of our gifts and talents and things that we want to sharpen this weekend. He gave us all that. For more information, visit salvationist.org.uk.